Hello, my friend. I have some news for you. Uh, you know, the inner natural part of me wants to say I have some good news, but I will just say, I don't want to judge this one. I will say it's news. So the news is that we have decided to hit the pause button with Nourish with Michelle Fox. Our last episode will be Tuesday, February 27th. And I wanted to tell you first because I am so very entirely grateful for this community. You have enriched my spirit and my soul in so many ways. And I truly hope, like sincerely hope, that I have done the same for you. I have decided that I am actually going to take a sabbatical. So starting March 15th for an entire month, March 15th through April 15th, I will be unplugged and gone. At this point, it is unplanned. So I'm not sure if I'll stay here in Denver, if I'll rent out a cottage on the beach. I'm working out those details with the family right now. But all of that to say that I continue to live out loud as much as possible. And I want to do that in hopes that my path can lighten somebody else's path or somebody else's load. So I also would love to encourage you to look at ways that you can also take a break. It might not be a full month like me. Maybe it's a full year. I don't know. Maybe it's a full day, a full hour. Either way, I just encourage you to perhaps look at ways that you can also hit the pause button. So last but not least, I want you to keep tuning in because like I said, we will be here through February 27th. And today's episode is so amazing. We are talking to three powerhouse women whom I adore. They are all spreading love and kindness in their own ways and in actually some really big ways throughout the world. And then the following week, we get to talk to Kim Fuller, who is one of my favorite therapists and mental health coaches. And I know you're gonna love that conversation as well. It just feels like the timing is so right and so aligned that we can say goodbye in February with these beautiful conversations. Also, the very last episode that you will get to hear on February 27th will be with my friend Candace Porter as she holds my hand and helps us say goodbye. So, like I said, stay tuned. We still have a lot of juicy healing conversations for you. Also, I'm loving the word pause because who knows, I might come out of this sabbatical with a whole new idea for a new podcast, a new format, and maybe not. We will see. I continue to stay curious about what's next. So without further ado, let's listen to this conversation, Cultivating Kindness and Self-Love with my friends, Andrea Herbert, Iffy Jennings, and Tiffany Walkler. Welcome to Nourish with Michelle Fox, your guide to a vibrant life. If consistency has been a challenge for you and you occasionally forget self-care, you, my friend, are in the right place. Tune in for weekly inspiration to nourish your mind. I know your plate's full and I want to help you support a life and a body that you adore. Let's dig in. I feel like I am about to jump out of my skin because I am so excited to be hosting this very, very special Valentine's Day chat. And hopefully that word Valentine's didn't scare you away because kindness is what we are talking about. 
we have three queens on this talk. Well, I guess including me, that makes four queens in this conversation. And you'll learn very, very soon why I wanted to have these women in this conversation to talk to you, my friend. Today, we have Andy Herbert with Be Kind Life. We have Ify Jennings with The Kindness Network. And we have Tiffany Wackler with Kindness Concierge. Can you see where I'm going with this? Okay, yes. So without further ado, let me welcome them to the show. Hello, ladies. Welcome to Nourish with Michelle Fox. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Mm, my pleasure. Thank you for saying yes and for trusting me with this conversation. Because I know two of you have met in real life, but the third, not so much. We'll, we'll see if we can suss that out as the conversation goes. But before we jump into talking about kindness and how we can spread more kindness and even what kindness means, I would love to invite you all to play a rapid fire game with me. Are you game? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Sweet. So then, Andy, let's start with you. With our Valentine's Day theme, if I say chocolate, flowers, or a heartfelt note, what would you prefer? Easily, the heartfelt note takes time and effort to do that. Mm, I had a feeling. <laughs> Beautiful. Iffy, I want to know your favorite travel destination that you've already been to or a dream destination that you think about. Oh, this last summer we went to Destin, Florida, and it was like the prettiest beach I have ever seen um, in the U.S. So that's one of my favorite places. Nice. I'm going to have to add that to my list. I think I've heard of Dustin, but I didn't know that it was beautiful. So thank you for the hip tip. Yeah, of course. All right. And Tiffany, I know that you came to Kindness and the work that you're doing because of the story around your mom, which I absolutely want to get into in a moment. And so in that theme, would you be willing to share a story from your childhood in the kitchen? Oh, Absolutely. I love sweets. I'm a really big fan of sweets. And I wasn't very skilled as a cook for many years. And so my official role was licking the beaters from the mixer. I mastered that. And so I pretty much always rose to the occasion when it came to a dessert and being able to lick those beaters and supervising. I really nailed the supervising. The supervising. <laughs> I can see that as a leader. And so with that, I actually want to come back to you for jumping into our conversation. But also just to share with you, the listener, I'm not going to jump into their bios, because as I said, all three of these women are powerhouse executives. And so we will list their bios in show notes. So head to michellefox.com forward slash podcast, and you will be able to catch up and read about these beautiful queens. But Tiffany, as we talk about the business of kindness, I would just love to start with your story. Would you be willing to share with us how you came to do the work that you're currently doing? Absolutely. In 2016, my mom suffered a stroke and I became a caregiver for her and her life was greatly changed. And I didn't know anything about strokes or how to be a caregiver, how to navigate systems. And it got harder that in 2017, she was diagnosed with lung cancer and passed away just two months after that. And in that time, which was so devastating and so awful, 
the thing that carried me through the light was the kindness. I was so moved at how people showed up for me and in ways I could have never imagined and ways that I would have never known to do for someone else before experiencing a loss like that. And so I really found that that was the gift and that the gift was showing up. It wasn't really about what they necessarily did, but the fact that they were there. So I was inspired to really help more people show up because I think sometimes people are scared they're going to do it wrong. And I want to be the person that helps them when they have the heart and they just need the help. Mm, that is powerful. That's actually one of the themes we have in our household. Steve and I, we have three children. And Steve, from the very beginning, he even taught me. He's like, nine times out of 10, you just need to show up for people. And so I love that you brought that theme up. Because again, with grieving, we don't always know how to be or what to say. And so sometimes friends will just take off because they don't know or they'll stumble. They don't know the right thing to say. And so I love that you are bringing this platform to help it um, be easier. I don't want to maybe put words in your mouth and feel yeah. free to correct me at any time, but to help yeah. people on their journey. Absolutely. I want people to be better grief allies. I don't think as a culture, we prepare people for the loss and what that lifelong journey is like with loss. And when you first have those experiences, people swarm and they're so caring and so loving. And then they rescind back into their lives and their routines and they don't talk about your person anymore or they don't check in on you anymore. And so I think one of the things I really wanted to make sure is that there's that continuum because I'm a different person now that my mom's gone than when I had her. And I think that some days are hard and it's so nice just to get someone's text to say, I'm thinking of you or I know this is hard. So I think the I think culturally, we do a beautiful job of showing up with the casseroles and all the things right on time. And I think people are really extraordinary. I think what's harder is as you continue to grieve and live without that person, how do you make room for that joy and sorrow? And how do you feel seen and less alone? Mm -hmm. Yes. And holding space for all the emotions to come with grief. That is incredible. And Ify, I know you part of your life story is that you have quite a bit of loss as well. Has that played into your choice of building your business around kindness? I think it's definitely part of the story, right? That kind of helped br bridge it all together. It's in those difficult times when people show you the kindness, as Tiffany said, to help you get to that place. I think another part of my story is about, you know, being laid off from a job and having an opportunity to really take inventory, I guess, of the things that were going on around me. And it was right when, you know, the first time President Trump was running for office and I just noticed how people were just really, it was heavy, weighing heavy on me on how negative people were and, and how mean we were being to each other. And so I just wanted to create a space where kindness was celebrated. And we've evolved a little bit from that, right? You know, going back to work full time and noticing how women are wearing multiple hats and how we have an opportunity to really infuse kindness in all the different places we are at, like on boards and in communities and raising our family, but also putting a spin on being kind to ourselves in that process, right? And, you know, I truly believe that in order to be genuinely kind to other people, you have to start with yourself. And so I think that's another part of kind of what evolved, but it was all those things that happened in between that kind of helped build to what we are today. Mm. And that actually leads into the work that you do, Andy, because I know you work with high-performing executive female leaders, and 
just in the name of your company, Be Kind Life. I'm very curious, like, how do you infuse kindness in your business model and the work that you're doing? Yeah, well, I, I first wanted to say, Tiffany, uh, I totally understand your story. My mom also had a stroke in 2015. And so the sort of process around grief, I think the process just around support and all of that stuff, the going back to regular life, but there really isn't regular life for the caregiver. It, it really, it really hit home. So kudos to you. It's a lot of work and, and especially difficult and, and I'm sorry for your loss. So for us, we really look at kindness. And, and, and I think to Ify's point, it, it really was sort of 2020. I like to call it the zombie apocalypse, you know, <laughs> this sort of combination mm-hmm. of upheaval. We had this terrible pandemic. The, the world was upside down. And I really like sort of took inventory of my own life and was kind of like, I don't feel like my bucket is getting filled at all. And then just started to have multiple conversations with friends and everyone was kind of miserable, miserable at their job and really leading up to 2020, to be honest, but just miserable in general. And so I just thought to myself, we actually don't have to be miserable. It's sort of like an active choice, though we don't realize it. We're not actively making the choice to be miserable, but we we don't respect that we really can live a happy life. And so when we're happy, we show happiness to other people. We become kinder in that space, right? So we let people over in front of us on the road. We take the person's cart and push it back. These little small kind of acts of kindness. So when we took a kindness approach, we really took it from a, how do we, it, it is like, it starts with us. So how do we treat ourselves? And then how are we, again, to Ify's point, how are we putting ourselves in somebody else's shoes? So, and I like to say it's easy to be kind to the people who think like us. It's really getting into the shoes of the people where you're like, I'm sorry, you voted for who? I'm sorry, you think what? It's those people that it's like, oh, this is where my work is. The work is to to be an active listener. The work is to try and understand their perspective, their point of view. So I think for us, kindness really is about, it starts, and I think it's up here on my wall somewhere back here. I'll never know what side, but it really starts with empathy. And that really is the foundation of, can I step into someone else's shoes and, and take a step back from my own stuff, my own thoughts, my own beliefs, my own, you know, ideologies, and really try and have a good understanding of other people. So I would feel remiss if I didn't add my father to the plate as well, because I too lost him from a stroke. And that was back in 2015. And that was a big part of what kind of lit the fire under me to talk to people about their health and about not waiting to make changes and to be able to show up for themselves. And so one, I have absolute compassion for everyone on this call, especially because I I know we're in that unfortunate club of having lost a parent, which has its own unique journey. With that, Ify, I would love to talk more about the self-kindness that you highlighted, because I think that is a huge place to get us started. It, It plays into what Tiffany's talking about, how kind of as the caregiver, we often get kind of left behind. And then also with what Andy's talking about, how the world can just feel so crazy sometimes. But 
I think when we start with ourselves, it kind of is a, a more powerful place to start. We can see kind of widen the lens, but I would love just to hear more of your thoughts about that self-kindness and, and how we can plug more into that piece. Yeah, when we when I originally started the kindness network, I used to call it it was during the pandemic. So I used to call it my kindness survival bag. And it was like this invisible bag that you kind of kept with you and you packed it with, you know, positive self-talk and what are the actions that I'm using and how am I using my words? And I said sometimes throughout that day, things get into that bag where it's like self-doubt or I'm being more critical or I'm not being as kind as I thought I would be. And, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of unpack it and then start over with packing the things that you want to represent yourself with kindness. So that was in the beginning, but I've kind of transitioned a little bit throughout this year and thinking through like, how do I implement self-kindness? Because I am really good at doing it for other people. (laughs) I'm really good at, you know, trying to do it for my friends My family doesn't always get the best part of me, but I'm working on that Uh, by the end of the day. But it was it started with this idea of, okay, well, if you want to be genuinely kind to other people, you have to start with being kind to yourself. So it was simple things like if I say I'm going to work out, I'm going to keep that appointment with myself. I'm not going to take that appointment and put it on the side for someone else. Right. Or if I tell people to use kind words with when they're talking to their loved ones, then I'm going to use kind words with myself. When I worked in healthcare, one of the things they used to say to us is treat every person you encounter as if it's that loved one that's in front of you. And so when I'm using words that are not as kind to myself, I'm saying, would I say that to someone else? Probably not. Right? <laughs> like, how do I kind of build those words back up in myself? So that's what I think about when I think of self-kindness is really, would I say this to a loved one or a good friend? Probably not. Or am I keeping the appointments and promises I made to myself? And that's how I start to think about it. Hmm. I've got something special for you. Imagine having the roadmap to launch your own podcast, even if you're starting from scratch. Introducing my exclusive podcasting checklist, a step-by-step guide to building your show with confidence. Ready to dive in? Head over to michellefox.com forward slash podcast and claim your checklist. It's the ultimate tool for turning your podcasting dreams into reality. Whether you've got the next big idea or you just want to see if this podcasting thing is for you, this checklist is your key to success. The world is ready for your voice, my friend. Visit michellefox.com forward slash podcast, grab your checklist, and let's make your podcasting dreams come true. Keeping the promises to ourselves, that kind of relates back to what we were saying about just showing up. Like when I say that, and we say that in the household, we are often talking about showing up for other people to let them know we're there for them. But in this example, I absolutely can see how we can show up for ourselves, which brings more of that love and empathy that I heard somebody mention as well. It might have been you, Tiffany. But as I'm looking at you right now, Tiffany, I would love to learn more about your actual business model. Like, how do you serve with kindness right now? So one of the big ways I serve folks is I do kind consultations. So I find that when people hear bad news or they know someone's experienced a loss and they don't know what to do, it's hard to figure out what that is. So I spend 20 minutes talking to them about what the situation is and who the person is, their relationship. Do they have a budget? Do they want to do something? Do they want to send something? And then I come up with three meaningful ways they can show up for that specific situation. 
And if they need me to, I help them execute it. Because I've ran into a few people that say, that sounds great. But if you give it back to me, I'm going to bail or be scared or it's going to get on my to-do list and not get around. I have friends who drive cards around in their car with stamps on them, which I cannot even understand in my world. I'm like, what are you talking about? Put it in the mailbox. And so I want to also make sure that they don't lose their momentum because I think, you know, sometimes you have that, like, I'm going to act right away and then it falls off. So I mostly try and listen to them and ask, like, what do you want this person to feel and what do you want them to know? Is at the end of the day, the act sometimes doesn't matter what exactly it is. I don't remember what the card said. I don't remember what your casserole tasted like. I remember that you showed up. And more importantly, I remember the people who didn't. And I learned later, I was like, where were you? And looking around were these people. And some people I know were scared and felt paralyzed. Some people just thought she's so social. She's got such a great family. They're all surrounding her and left it up to everybody else to take care of me, not realizing that my family was also struggling. We were all grieving. And so I think some of it was that they were afraid and then others just <laughs> left it up to other folks to do it. So I work really closely with folks to try and customize what makes sense for them. And then for the people that are easy breathing, and just want to send a care package. I offer care packages on my website and I help people craft the message because that's where they get stuck. They find the cute little care package. They're really just in there hugging a box, but then they get stuck on the words. And so I ask them like, what ultimately is the sentiment you want to convey? And then I give them multiple options and edits till it feels good. And then I mail it for them. And I send them a follow-up card to mail to the person a month later because I want them to say, I'm still thinking of you. I still care about you. And then I send them a reminder that month to say, hey, it's been a month since Susie Cream Cheese went through that hard thing. This might be a great time to use that card. And maybe it's not the right time, but just having that reminder that this person's still working through it. So still be there. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I know all three of us are nodding our head like, oh, <laughs> Yes. And that does speak to just how kindness can show up in so many different ways. And as you were saying that, I was just imagining like if somebody were to have done that for me, like just how that would make me feel. And I think, you know, I love sending gifts because I just like shopping and I want to buy things. It's better if I can do it for clients and just spend all my money. But I think the small things too, like making a playlist of songs that are encouraging, or I had someone leave me a bottle of smart water and a bottle of whiskey on my doorstep. And it said, please remember to hydrate. That's all it said. I only knew it was the person because of their handwriting, but like what a thoughtful, sweet thing that took so little time and efforts. So I think just remember those small things can go a really long way. Mm. So that is more on the personal level. And I imagine the service can definitely cross over for colleagues and business as well. I'm also curious, Andy, would you be willing to speak to how kindness can show up in the boardroom, in the corporate sphere, like in the work that we're doing as entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, I one of the reasons we sort of tackled the workplace is because it's where we spend such a huge percentage of our time. And it's one of the key drivers of, of misery. And remember, we're, we're about happiness and the happiness then sort of rolls over into kindness towards yourself and to others. Um, but in, in corporate America, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go broadly, I'm going to do an 80-20 rule. It's probably not everybody, but it's more people than, than it's not when we see, you know, where uh, customer, I mean, excuse me, employee engagement rates are and, and whatnot, right? So people are not happy at work. And a lot of reasons they're not happy is their managers aren't communicating to them. They don't understand what the organization is doing. They don't understand what their goals are. You know, everybody likes to make it about money, but 
but for the most part, it's that people don't feel appreciated. And so on the corporate side, what we really look to do is to say, hey, let's operationalize your values, your mission statements, because you all have amazing mission statements and you all have amazing values, but they're not actually put into any kind of operations. And so how do we look at how goals are set? How do we look at how goals are cascaded? How are you communicating with your teams? So many times we see performance reviews are coming up it's the time of year, right? Where everyone's getting their performance reviews and there's going to be a high percentage of people who are shocked that they're not getting a certain bonus. But no one should be shocked because we should be having these conversations with people. We should be able, we, you as a leader should be connecting with your, with your persons, your people on your team on a monthly basis to talk not just about performance, but as but about people as a whole, right? How are we doing? How's, I, I understand that your, your cat died last week, you know, just making these connections with folks where it's not just about business. It's about this, the, the whole person. And, and also it is about how we're performing. And the idea is we shouldn't be waiting till the end of the year that we penalize people, but we should be as leaders in supportive positions of how do we remove barriers? So we really try to look at kindness in a couple ways. We look at it as how do you set set a standard? You know, how do you how do you live your values and your your mission statements by setting these standards? How do you open communication two way? And lastly, how do we make sure that we talk about nice versus kind? Because nice is the you know that kind of like bobbing head back and forth and up and down and that kind of thing and. We avoid what I like. A lot of people call it difficult conversations, but I like to call it constructive dissonance. Like we should be able to disagree with each other and it shouldn't end in, you know, complete chaos and destruction. It should be this, this thing where we can, we trust each other enough. Again, starting with empathy. We understand where each other's coming from. I have respect for you. You have respect for me. I think, that's really where in corporate America, where we need to start is sort of how do we have goals? How do we communicate and how are we supporting one another in, in that space? So far, I have heard us talking about being an active listener, showing empathy, looking for that connection. I feel like these are such beautiful synonyms to kindness at the same time. I don't believe we can say kindness enough because obviously we've seen the ripple effects in our lives. Before I ask any Valentine's themed questions, I wonder if there's something I might be missing in this conversation. Specifically, Tiffany, I saw you reach for the space button to unmute. Was there something you were about to say that you may have gotten caught off No, I just was so, it resonates so much with me, what Andy's saying about nice and kind and the differences. And I just feel like kindness is so active. Like it is something you're actually doing. It's not just happening and it doesn't just come together without effort. And so I think that's really important. And I think when you're clear with folks and, and articulate things to them, like that is kind. So I do think folks get caught up in the nice and really worrying so much about being nice. And sometimes nice equals polite. And so I think there are ways to actually be super kind and constructive and diplomatic. So it just resonated with me, especially because I just think when I think about kindness and when people trying to do it, I want to emphasize like it's active. It's not something that just happens. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I when I think of nice, I think of people pleasing, right? Like we're like you said, it was being polite or it's just saying, you know, giving the polite nod in the in the room just because you want to be agreeable in the moment. But one time someone had this example of nice versus kindness and it really resonated with me. It was nice, it's raining outside. Kindness is it's raining outside. Here's an umbrella to help you when you go out there, right? Like it was something that really helped me to lock down like nice versus kind. And it also checks me on when I'm being nice versus when I'm actually being kind and how do I balance that out, right? <laughs> because maybe yeah, I think even being too nice could burn you out, I imagine, when you're just trying to be That's nice, the nice, thing. nice all Absolutely. day. Right? That's the thing. Because I think authenticity has to show up, right? I mean, you you will you will absolutely burn yourself out. You will absolutely be incredibly frustrated if you're walking around just trying to make sure that everybody else is feeling okay. Again, I'll go back to what Ify said. It starts with yourself. You have to start with being kind to yourself. And sometimes, again, that creates some level of dissonance, right? And we think... Oh, well, kindness, I can't, I can't make anybody upset. No, that's not the case. The case is we have to talk about these things. We have to have open lines of communication about these things because you deserve peace as much as I deserve peace, right? (laughs) You deserve kindness as much as I deserve kindness. And so we have to get to a place that makes that mutually beneficial. And to add to that, I think that kindness can be about boundaries. If I'm being kind to myself, I might need to make a boundary between you and me, or I might have to sever or let this relationship have a sunset because I need to be kinder to myself or teach you how to treat me. And so I think that is where it gets sticky for sometimes where you're like, you know what, I'm going to have to take myself into consideration. And the kindest thing that I can do is create some space. Well, it's, it's that boundary between selfish and selfless, right? And I think most of us have been taught the minute you start to think about yourself, the minute you start to act kind to yourself, if that has a negative impact on someone else, well, then you can't do that. And it's like, well, someone's having a negative impact. <laughs> it's, it's happening to someone somewhere. And I certainly can't show up as my best self. I sh- certainly can't. I certainly don't feel good if I don't have, you know, if I don't feel safe talk about psychological safety, right? If I don't feel safe, if I don't feel good, if I don't feel like I get to also be myself, I can't show up kind for anybody else. I won't show up kind for anybody else. I'll show up nice. (laughs) And then probably in my journal, I'm telling people off, or maybe I'm actually telling people off. So it will show, it will showcase itself. And so sometimes I totally agree, Tiffany, you have to have this sense of boundaries around what am I willing to accept and not accept? Because my because again, again, we will repeat this over and over. The kindness starts with ourself. That's the only way we can really share that that with the world. And then you think about it, right? Like who ends up getting that part when you're being nice all day and you burnt out? Who ends up getting that part of you when you go home? It's never the people that you really want to give that to, right? I'm talking to myself more than anything. Your family <laughs> gets all the smoke. <laughs> right. And it's I'm just saying. <laughs> you're exactly right. And as you're saying this, I'm kind of of two minds right now. One, again, with the Valentine's theme, I think of the people who are in partnerships. And I want to give an example of how, yes, you may be in partnership, but we can't say it enough. We want you to be loved up and you to be showing self-kindness. I, I want to go in that route. But Also, the voice of my single friends is actually screaming right now as we are having this conversation, because I think oftentimes 
especially here in the United States of America, the idea of Valentine's Day is supposed to be about hearts, flowers, chocolate, love notes, and, you know, about partnership. But in all the work I've done, it's always about you, like starting with you. And so for my single friends, please lean into this conversation because, yes, the kindness at that foundation that could look as simple as a bubble bath, but it also could be, oh, how am I going to invest in myself? What is, What are going to be some of my next steps to spend that time? And so even as I'm saying this, like, and I believe all three of you are intuitive as well. Like, can you maybe riff on what I'm trying to reach? Because I feel like I'm this close, but I, but I want to grab a little bit farther. Like, can you talk to some of my single friends who may be feeling a little bit down this week just because of the pressures from Valentine's Day and the expectations of Valentine's Day to, to be in a coupleship or a partnership? Ooh. Well, I'm one that loves Galentines. Uh-huh. I think, I think, you know, the opportunity, it's interesting because we will easily equate love in this level in, in a romantic way. Right. But we forget about our friends. We forget about the people that, you know, I'm looking at Tiffany that we need to lean on in these times when the stress is high, when we've lost a loved one, when, you know, all of that is love. And so I think there is a lot of pressure to sometimes conform to the all of the stuff around around partnering up but remembering that you know cultivating these relationships with with your girlfriends with your work colleagues with your neighbors you know cultivating these relationships what a perfect time on valentine's day because valentine's day is around the expression of love not just romantic love and so there's these opportunities to make those connections i think at this time I love Galentine's. Also, I did not marry the flowers, chocolates, romantic dinners guy. So I just want to put it out there that we might be coupled up and married. And Joe Walkler has written three cards in probably seven years. So I think sometimes managing your expectations, but also knowing that you're worthy. So when I, it took me a long time to find my husband. I was in my forties and I got married. I kissed a lot of frogs, but what was really important to me is to feel like I was worthy. So when Valentine's Day came around, I walked out and got myself some flowers. I bought myself some drinks. Sometimes I'd even write a note to myself about what I loved. And I think just creating some of that self-love and not waiting for people to bring that into your life. Just you will deserve it now. Go out and get it and make sure that you're making whatever Valentine's looks like for you as a solo person. And if it's not with your girlfriends, even if it's just a little time to reflect, like, what is incredible about me? What are things that I love? And I think friends are the family you choose. And so, you know, if you have the opportunity to do something that's completely unrelated, do it. But if you just want to sit at home eating your chocolate you bought at Target, do it. I love it. Yeah, I love that. I love the self-reflection piece, right? Like I think when you get married and then you have a family, sometimes in those moments, you kind of lose some pieces of that. And so if you haven't had a time time to kind of be present and self-reflect and have time with your girls, right? And have that circle of friends that can kind of remind you of all those things when you get a little wrapped up in others and trying to meet other people's needs. I mean, I think no better time to do that, right? And listen, we need to kind of encourage ourselves. I, I am probably with Tiffany and we'll probably have to buy chocolates or get ones that I don't really want anyway. So I... <laughs> Don't cut that part out, Michelle. Don't say that. <laughs> no problem. 
just yeah, I, mine is more of the on the those are commercial things and show me the rule books on Same. Valentine's Day and the something and the something. And I'm like, and isn't love shown every day? And I'm like, okay, yes, yes, mm-hmm. and yes. And by the way, yes, this is a thing where we shouldn't wait for a day to express these things. But I, I, I just love, first of all, I love that I'm on with, I don't know about you, Michelle, but I love that I'm on with two other women where the partners are like, mm, I don't subscribe to that right. as a thing. Well, uh, I love cards too. And I think what was really lovely is my dad sends me usually the first Valentine I get every year is from my dad. If he misses a year, I was like, I'm sorry, do we not love me anymore? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, but I think it's also important. Like I mail cards every week. And I think just taking the time to go get that little eight pack of cards and send it out so that people are getting that love in the mail. And it's so unexpected. I think like a card in the mail hits different than a text or anything. So I think if you have the opportunity, like that solo friend, maybe just send them a card that says you're incredible and I see you and I love you this day and every day. I love that. And I'll just call out Ify Jennings, who's a good girlfriend in real life. And sometimes she'll leave me little voice notes. So like, that's a beautiful way to start my day. And so, yes, if you're lazy, like I am, and you you can't commit to the beautiful notes that Tiffany does, which actually, I absolutely recommend trying. And now even listening to you, Tiffany, I promise I'm going to try harder because I do have like, three different stacks behind me of thank you notes and hello notes. <laughs> so I promise I will try. And when I'm still feeling a little bit lazy, don't be surprised if you get a little voice note from me <laughs> and feel free to send one back to me. So yay. So then as we kind of wind down, one of the threads I'm hearing from all three of you is the idea of community, especially Andy, when you brought up Galentine's. There are a lot of women in this community, whether they are partnered or solo, specifically women who are, you know, in their 50s and where the children are starting to leave the house and things are feeling a little bit quiet. You know, that's going to be me in about two or three years. What are some good ways to find community? How about that? So I met all three of you in very different communities. And so I'm really good at putting myself out there and going to the networking events and coming home with three new friends. Like, that's easy for me. But what I'm learning as I'm getting older, that's not easy for everybody, specifically for our more shy or I'm going to say entrepreneur, but that's not the word. What am I reaching for? The introvert. More, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> more of the introverted friends who their lives are changing because they're not, you know, out with the soccer moms anymore, or they're not in perhaps some church communities. Like, I would just love even if one if each of you could give one example of one way to find more community so that we aren't feeling so lonely as we're getting older. Oh, I was, I'm happy to go first or if you, if you want to go. You go ahead. So I think 2020 was sort of the biggest kind of transition for myself with social media, right? I was a passive user, I guess, you know, I'd scroll through, I'd see things that people are posting. I would, you know, that kind of thing, but I didn't really engage. And interestingly enough, I would say probably 80% of the people, maybe even 90% of the people that are new friends of mine, um, cause I have a lot of long-term friends that I've known, you know, decades, um, but other, but our new friends of mine came, came through in 2020 simply by engaging um, in communities, whether that's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, 
you'd be shocked at, you know, just not just liking a post, but actually leaving a note for someone, how many notes you get back. So I encourage, I know it's like, oh, social media, but I highly encourage engagement on social media. You'll be shocked at the engagement you get, you get back from that. I've met a ton of new friends that way. I think another one, in addition to social media, I love that, is volunteering, right? There might be a project that you're passionate about and you might meet other like-minded individuals that you could take to coffee or, you know, go to lunch with. And so I would say I fall in the bucket of being an introvert. So I'm usually trying to think through, like, if I'm at a work event or at a volunteer event, just like one or two people I can connect with again afterwards by sending them a note. So that's mine. My approach is to put something on the calendar right away. So if I meet someone in a networking event or I meet them at a dinner party, it's like, oh, we should spend time together. We should grab coffee. I open my phone like a creeper and I say, when? And I actually put the date on the calendar then because I think sometimes when you get away from that, it's weird. It's like dating. Like, do I call them? Do I not call them? Are they really into me? Not into me? And so I always put the date on the calendar right away and like really try and commit to like, when can we connect again? And it could be a virtual meeting. It could be a coffee drinks, lunch, whatever, but really trying to seize the moment while we have that opportunity. If we feel like there's a connection, how can we nurture it? I love that, Tiffany. I say it doesn't happen if it's not on the calendar. I mean, that is such a great, great idea right then and there. And if they think you're creepy, then they're not your people and you move on to the next people. But it is perfect. It's also a wave of authenticity that I'm not just giving you a platitude like, oh, we should get together. Like, we should get to there on Thursday. <laughs> That's when we should get together. Very specific. Uh, you know, another place that I've met other people is introductions. That's how Tiffany and I met. We were introduced by mutual friends. And so that is another way that people get to meet new people. Thank you for that. So I know my community is going to want more of you all's goodness. And you have my word. I'll put all the goods in our show notes. But for now, and for our listeners who are listening only, where can they come find you? Let's start. Let's go alphabetical by first name. Andy, where can my community come find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Andy Marie, A-N-D-I-E Marie, the Andy Marie. Awesome. And Ify? Um, on Instagram at first kindness net. Love it. And Tiffany. On Instagram at the underscore kindness underscore concierge. Beautiful. And so as we close out, one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests is one thing today. What is one thing you are going to do to nourish yourself today? And we can popcorn it, whoever feels the energy. I just got back from a vacation and buffets and all these things. And so I'm actually going to make my own meal um, and make something I love for my husband and I that feels like it's from the heart and maybe put some vegetables in it would be great. I haven't seen a vegetable in a minute, so it's going to be very exciting. (laughs) You know, you get two thumbs up from me for that. Yes. Good job. (laughs) Yes. And amen. I think one of the things I'm trying to work on is, and I shut my eyes because I'm failing at it miserably, is just trying not to focus on anything while I take a shower. I know that that sounds really weird, but in the shower, my mind is going a hundred miles a minute. And it's like, 
it, no matter what I do, my mind is going a hundred miles a minute. So I have to try and find the space and time to quiet it. And like, I want that to be the shower and it doesn't have to be no thoughts. I just want it to be a singular thought, right? Like, let me just focus on washing my face and let me just like that, like that, that simple to just help my mind quiet down a little bit. Mm. So I feel like I'm breaking my own rule by jumping in here, but I just, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention these aqua notes. I just pulled this down because I'm on my last note and it actually has a note that I need to follow up on, but aqua notes, you can get them on Amazon. You can find them on my store at michellefox.com, but they are waterproof. You can write your thoughts down so that you can just move on from your thoughts. And so I promise, Andy, I am not trying to fix you. I'm just trying to help anybody who might be listening because I know our listeners are fellow entrepreneurs. And as an entrepreneur, our minds, we, we can't help it. Like our thoughts are going a million miles an hour. And wouldn't you know when the water's coming down, that's usually when the most thoughts come through, right? <laughs> So aqua notes. Thank you. Fun. That's awesome. Because I think if I can just let it, let them go freely, then it's not, it's not like ruminating. Right. And you don't feel like you're forgetting something the moment you step out of the shower. <laughs> My pleasure. I think I am going to, I've been I'm a processor, so I've been trying to add reflection time to my calendar. We're not going to talk about how much I've honored it over the last week, but what I'm going to do today after we get off the phone is actually take my time to kind of write down things that I'm grateful for and reflect back on the day a little bit. Hmm. And what a beautiful segue, because I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for saying yes to this conversation. And more important, Thank you for saying yes to yourselves and just being models of kindness, because clearly it has a beautiful ripple effect on all of our different communities. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the invite. This was like the best way to spend an hour. So I appreciate all of you and um, really got some great tools and tips for myself. So thank you as well. Thanks so much for listening to Nourish. Have you been driving, doing laundry, or walking around the neighborhood? Sweet. I've got show notes for you. Hop on over to michellefox.com forward slash podcast when you are ready. I will let you know that on the page, you will find resources to support what you've just learned on today's show. And then, of course, you can grab some health-supportive freebies as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would leave a review on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It will help me with my mission to build healthier communities, one person at a time, and it will help you because you will be part of that mission. I'll be back next week, and I encourage you to... Keep showing up for yourself and know that you and your health matter. Big love.